sat at the office and I'm drinking a cup of tea, but I'm drinking a cup of tea with no milk in it because the office doesn't buy milk anymore. Yeah, I mean, that's fair enough that they don't want communal milk going around. But, Lucas, I, this is the saddest cup of tea. <laughs> there is no sadder cup of tea than the cup of tea made with no milk. Save, perhaps, the cup of tea that's made with the last few dregs of milk. That isn't even enough milk to make the tea change colour. Oh, you ever had God, those ones yeah. where it looks like you're pouring soap into a bath? <laughs> where you just, you just get those like wispy bits of like shit in it. It's like that's not even milk. Like you know what you might need to do, Carl, is just there's still fridges there, I presume. There is buy my own milk, I know. But just write big wangers on the front. Just like big wang milk. Just have a bottle, like a clear bottle full of white liquid with big wangers written on it. Yeah, just this is big wang milk. Don't touch. It's Carl Smallwood's big wang milk. Don't touch. No one's going. No one's going to nick that milk. So this is the saddest cup of tea, and like it reminds me a little bit. There's a great star. I think it's Drew Carey, um, uh, the actor slash comedian, and he tells a story about how he almost went and killed himself. Oh God. Um, and the the quote why is one of those ones. It's like, yeah, like that's just a moment. So it's Drew. Ke- he tried to kill himself when he was about eighteen. So he was homeless and he was selling his blood for money. And he had Jesus. he took all the spare change he had, and he had water but no butter, and he's like he looked at it and went, "That's some bad fucking mac and cheese. This can't be all there is in my life." Oh man, <laughs> it's just because I think I'm like this is some bad mac and cheese, man. That, that's like a moment you don't want to be. That's when you know like you're your you're darkest. Speaking of which, welcome to episode forty eight. Is it 50, Carl? It might be. Or is it 49? It's 49 or 50 of our comedy podcast, apparently. Uh, apparently, like, it started out as a comedy podcast. Theor- this is theoretically a comedy podcast, but it's not been funny in a long time, just like me. Um, it might be funny that we don't know what episode we're on, though. Carl. What? We've done it. Is it episode 50? It's episode 50. Oh, wow. Well, we could talk about them, the, the, the offer that I got. Because we've been doing this podcast, and it has been a net loss since it moved away from Brew. Uh, yeah, so for the past 20 episodes... Uh, yeah, so the... Uh, you've been paying me to be here uh, and not earning anything. I pay you to appear on this podcast and then to edit it, and then I upload yeah. it to a service for free, and we run no ads against it. So every episode of the podcast that has gone up so far uh, has been a net loss for me. Well, technically the company that I run, but I'm the only employee slash owner so it's basically it's my money that's going around i'm throwing it down the toilet so i can support my friend lucas and potentially maybe one day we'll get sponsors on this thing and i mm. did get a sponsor recently and it was for uh, this isn't the actual sponsor plug itself because they'd never fucking let us do this as as you will no doubt um surmise our gentle viewer when i t- oh, is like carl is this a how not to do business before you've even rejected the offer it might be depending on the <laughs> response i get maybe i'll get a response in the next hour or so because um uh, there's a person i have not like i don't hire them but i know them they work today i found out and they get sponsors for those guys they get sponsored for all the channels that simon runs all the channel the sponsors you'll see running against today i found out and mm-hmm. they've been trying to do the same thing for me, and it's failed every single time. And it's NordVPN. And they want to sponsor this podcast, the Carl's Corner podcast. And okay, yeah. you can tell that they actually don't give a shit about the content because they love the content, um, but they would like to hear a sample. So if they love it, they'd know what the content's going to be. That's very awkward. Like, they love this thing, but they need to hear it first. Yeah, they need, they need to hear a sample of what an ad read would sound like. 
I'm sure you know what the content is. You know you'd like it anyway. And, and I just got like a generic email from like this guy who's doing the work for us, just saying, yeah, um, they're interested in sponsoring. They want to do two integrations. They were offering five hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. So five hundred dollars for two integrations, so two hundred and fifty dollars per podcast, um, yeah. which would pay um, for the production. Because I believe it, it would, yeah, yeah, um, with a little bit extra for the channel's coffers. So it's better than it just being a huge net loss. And I, that, that would be a great improvement. Then I earn fucking nothing. No, it literally cost me money to make this thing, but I do it because yeah. I'm, I'm a good guy and I want to help out a friend. Um, it's much appreciated. Believe it or not, people do things sometimes because it's the right thing to do. Anyway. Um, I responded to this as I do to all sponsors, um, sponsorship offers at least. Um, uh, thusly, I'm open to sponsorships, but as a general rule, um, I don't do ad reads. I'm happy to say a podcast is sponsored and read out some cool animal facts or something to riff on and keep the plug in the house style. And I sent them a example of a plug that we did on one of the, the videos that we've put out recently. So we had a couple mm-hmm. of them on videos where the... Uh, person I was doing the sponsorship for similarly was like, yeah, I'll, I'll love your content, but they actually do like the content because they'd watched the videos before and just let me riff on their content and yeah, of course, the brief yeah. they provided for five minutes and then money was exchanged and fun was had by all. And I put, I closed off by saying my audience responds well to the informal style that we have and I'm hesitant to move away from it. So I guess the company, the ball is in the company's court. And um, the response was, oh, thanks for getting back to me. Um, the company is ready to book two spots. Can you confirm your rates? I'm like, yep, those rates are fine, I guess. Because I'm great like that. I'm like, I, that sounds fine if you if you think that's fair. And you know, like, if, if you agree that that's a fair price for my plug, then yeah. And I just responded, um, that sounds fine. I would like clarification on what the sponsor specifically wants me to say. And bear in mind, uh, folks at home and Lucas, that I s- clarified that I do not do ad reads. It was literally the first thing I said after hello. Yeah. After like the the first most important thing is I do not do ad reads as a general. Uh, you group. know, you got polite introduction, but yeah, first thing you said. Uh, they responded. Uh, the, uh, the advertiser is looking for spots in October. They're looking for a forty-five second ad that should be naturally integrated into the podcast. That sounds good, all right. And it's like, okay, yeah, I can see that working. Mm-hmm. Well, it would probably be longer than that because but the the nature of the podcast and the content that we produce is like, yeah, we riff on stuff. My last thing is, anyone listens to this podcast, they know like we can talk for a while. About almost anything. We had like, what, a 20-minute <laughs> uh, tangent about biscuits the previous week. It's true. It's true. And that would be a great thing for sponsors to do. You know what I'd love? Like the perfect, in a perfect world, like the email I'd get would be a sponsor wants to um, uh, sponsor the podcast and they want to just like ask you a question and they want you to rip mm. on this question for however many minutes you feel you can create content from that and do something like yeah. rank the biscuits. Yeah, shit like that would be fun. And that'd be awesome. But And then we could even upload that as a separate video to the YouTube channel. But um, I digress. Um, and they've said, that, yeah, uh, they want a 45 second integration. Uh, they want it to sound like it's natural as all advertisers do. And all in all, it should be creative and, and here's the rub, contain the main talking points. I'm attaching a standard brief to this um, uh, email. So bear in mm. mind, uh, I was clar- it was clarified for me twice that I am able to um, have creative freedom while making this. And the literal first thing I said before I even entertained the idea of doing a sponsorship was telling them I do not do ad reads. Yep. 
Um, the specific thing I've been told, now they've got me on the hook, is, yeah, they're fine. Be as creative as you want. Just, like, you know, the more creative, the better. However, please mention, and I'm not going to mention any of the uh, the talking points listed here, because this is not the ad, uh, but there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten separate talking points that I am required to mention in that 45 seconds to get the money. Mm-hmm. And then there are even bonus talking points, and there are six of those if you feel like sharing those two. Carl, do you get a bonus for the bonus points? Uh, I bloody hope so, but I guess we're not going to find out uh, because <laughs> I responded to that. The fact that they want me to mention specific talking points means that it's a standard ad placement. It's not, oh, it's not a standard ad placement. Be creative. It's like, you still want me to go over 10 talking points? In a minute and also be creative with it. Yeah. So like, I want all my groceries in one bag, but I don't want it to be heavy. And I said, like, the company is paying for a sponsorship, not my endorsement. As such, I am not comfortable reading out specific talking points. I'm happy to say the episode is sponsored and riff on the nature of their business, but not read from a script. As I mentioned in my first email, cheers. Uh, I sent well, that Carl, it's not reading from a script, right? Because you're only reading points Talk. and you're interlaying the connecting words between them yourself. It's not reading from a script. You're just reading out talking points from a piece of paper that has words written on it that tells you what to say. <laughs> That's not a script, Lucas. And it's like, I, I probably sound like I'm beating a dead horse when it comes to this, mm. but this is every single week. This is every yeah. week I have to deal with an advertiser and I say the same things. You've seen the, the conversations, haven't you? If I do not do ad reads. I will happily work with your company and we can think it's something interesting that fits with the style of the channel. We've had great success with that so far. We've had a couple of advertisers who reached out and it's gone really well so far. And I'm hoping to keep up with that momentum. And they just go, yeah, that's great. Uh, just mention these talking points. Like, that's a fucking ad read. It's, like, it's really not hard for me to understand like what isn't isn't an ad read. And I don't get why these companies are so insistent. Look, have creative freedom. It's not an ad read. And then send you a fucking list of words to say. They sent me a 10-page document, including a guide on how to do the ad read. But it's not an ad read, Carl. Here's a 10-page guide on how to do this ad spot. So I thought I was allowed to use my own creativity. Why do I need 10 pages telling me specifically what to do, including do's and don'ts? Because um, creativity needs a lot of restriction, Carl. Mm -hmm. Because we all know that the best things are made when um, uh, the person is being hampered creatively uh, by a heavy-handed company refuses to let anything bad be said about them. It's really weird to me that, yeah, okay, I get it. Um, Most marketing and PR companies and firms and departments will probably have stringent guidelines that they say that, like, Everyone they work with needs to follow. Mm-hmm. And that is how businesses generally work. But if you actually look at the feedback for the um, like sponsored videos we've had on Fat Fiend, people really like the different style it has been and uni- have responded well to it. It has been universally positive. And mm-hmm. the two we've done so far have been really good. Like Whiskey Studios, they got like a, I think like two, 3,000% increase in their views. Yep. And they got like several hundred... Um, followers extra on their um uh, their twitch channel mm-hmm. in the first like hour and um, they've been able to like, you know use that momentum to carry forward yep 
And I'm glad to have helped out, like, you know, a small streamer and like help them get their foot on that first rung of the ladder. That's been slowly pulled up simultaneously by other bigger YouTubers and YouTube itself. Because God damn it, man, making like getting any kind of success on that platform is a, it's an uphill struggle at the best of times. And it's not helped by the fact that the people at the top are constantly just greasing the wheel, like greasing the ladder to start getting up. Yeah, and it's weird because, like, yeah, you say grease in the wheels. It feels like YouTube and, like, Twitch both seem to, like, grease the wheels for the people who are already successful and, like, make it really easy for success to be expanded upon. Mm. But they make it almost incredibly impossible for smaller creators to get anywhere. Yeah, and nothing proves that more than, like... I have access to like a channel with half a million people on it. Mm-hmm. I struggle to direct people. Like, even when we do the videos, like let's say we are live streaming right now and they're on the main page. They're on the front page of our channel. Yeah. That gets like several thousand unique impressions every hour. And mm-hmm. I, I, I think the first time we did that, I was on the front page of Twitch. Yeah. And even though I put your Twitch stream first, Mm-hmm. And I mentioned in the video, go watch me and Lucas. And every mm-hmm. couple of minutes, I mentioned, go see Lucas. You got a fraction of what I got. And uh, I, well, I how how many like viewers on average did you end up with during that stream? Do you know? It's like two to three hundred. Oh right, okay. Um, I think my average was like twenty four. Yeah, twenty four people. And like you had a direct plug from a massive like you know source of like a YouTube channel with half a million subs. And that's how mm. difficult it is to direct people towards streamers they don't know or personalities that they don't know. Even though everybody who is clicking through knows your personality because you are on the channel, but because you're not the that's face the, of it. That's the weirder part to me is like, yeah, I understand when it is, um, say, just calling out a new person, but when it is somebody that I've been with the channel like all roughly a year. At this point, yeah. Um, and it's like, oh, so you've spent a year, like, you know, hearing me as one of the voices on the channel, and they go, oh, here's a familiar name to you, you spent time with this person, like, go and watch them stream, and there's a, a jump compared to my normal streams, for sure, but the fact that it still only leaves an average of, like, yeah, an extra, like, ten people will join the stream over the night. And it's just strange, isn't it? Like, and when you think about it in that way... What chance do smaller streams who don't have access to something like that? Because that is a resource that is basically impossible for the average person to gain access to. Yeah, I'm super, super lucky to have a friend that will do that for me and help push my own content. But most people don't have a friend with 600 and something thousand subscribers to help give them 10 average viewers per stream extra. And that just shows like the follow through rate on uh, stuff like that is um, incredibly poor. And uh, we've, I don't want to say struggle, it's just been weird that it's so difficult to uh, turn one audience into another. Which is why it's probably a good thing that uh, Twitch is more like, it's 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 a flight of fancy at the moment. It's a dalliance that we indulge ourselves in. Mm-hmm, exactly. But I, I just wanted to use that as an example of, yeah, it's really difficult to get established on, like, these platforms, even when you have, like, the biggest possible, like, step up imaginable. Like, you think it's probably the most advantageous shit ever. Yeah, you would You would think that, okay, well, Carl's got 600-something thousand subscribers. 
Like he he could just say the word I'm on Twitch and you'd get like I don't know twenty thousand people go over and just like immediately start following and watching Carl. No, that's that's not how it works. And um, well, that's but that, I assume that's how most people would believe it would work. Yeah, and uh, there's probably people out there thinking, well, why don't you announce it every single time or mention it more? And that leads into another aspect of um, like trying to pass this in usual ways. There's a delicate balancing act um, mm-hmm. that is uh, the YouTube algorithm. And realistically, if we wanted to, every time myself or you streamed, we could put an, a video announcement out on the channel and direct a couple hundred people more towards each one. Mm-hmm. The problem with that is, uh, you want to explain for people who don't know, it's the algorithm. This algorithm can fuck ah. you up. Oh, the algorithm. Yes, the, the legendary, infamous YouTube <laughs> algorithm. So what would that do to the uh, statistics for, or the uh, viewing figures for the channel, Lucas? So first off, um, people don't like new things. Not at all. So, um, uh, just go look at w- the feedback to when you join the channel. Yeah, exactly. How dare you change the content? Uh, like when Wiki Weekend started, like, you get a good mix uh, for sure of, I love this, thank you for bringing new content to us. And also, what the fuck, this isn't the normal thing. Why is it not the same thing that you always do? But then at the same time, also, your channel's getting stale. I can see why it's dying. Yeah, and you can never win. You can never win. But, like, the thing with YouTube is, generally, um, if you do something new, less people will click on it than your old stuff. And um, it's kind of a a way to, like, end up being pigeonholed a bit. Hmm. And... People will like click on the new stuff less because people don't like new things. That's just inherent human nature. People don't like change. But then that tells YouTube, oh, well, you put out one video that people didn't click on as much as your other videos, which means people aren't interested in your um, like channel anymore. Which means so we'll that, stop suggesting it as much. Because that means advertisers won't be interested because advertisers don't want to run ads against a channel that's not attracting um, uh, as big an audience. So that would yep. crater the views and then would, in addition to creating the views, would result in the channel being uh, recommended less. So mm-hmm. that would mean your subscriber count would start to uh, plateau or in some cases even dip. Yeah, and um, as well, a weird thing is um, the, like, I don't know what it is, like the AI behind YouTube not only will decide, look, uh, we're going to suggest you, like, you know, for example, on the front page less because you're getting less click-throughs than normal this week. Um, it will also say less of your subscribers are clicking on your videos. We might just stop putting your videos in the subscription feeds of people that are already subscribed to you. So you can even lose out on views from people who specifically requested that YouTube show them whenever you make new content. Yeah, it's bizarre. And like that, no one really knows the rhyme or reason between why... Um, you know, why I would be subscribed to someone and then their video doesn't come up in my subscription feed where I've asked for it to go, but it does happen. And the, you know, the theory behind it is, well, if people stop clicking on a a person's channel, they'll, over time, just like, that'll fade out of the subscription feed. And YouTube is all AI-based and algorithm-based, so... For every time you put our video, like, oh, we're announcing a stream, you'll get less people click through. And just YouTube has all sorts of ways of telling itself. That means nobody wants to see Carl anymore. Yeah, so it puts you in this really strange position of having uh, access to this potential huge pool of new viewers and this audience. So I'm going to guess at least some people will be interested in what we're going to say or what the 
the content is that we want to promote. Yeah. But you can't make use of it because you will destroy um, your source of income. And it's a really, really strange thing. And it's uh, you can see why a lot of channels end up dying when they overexert themselves. And you can also see as well why um, many channels will split up into multiple channels. Like a, a big example of this that I, I know is very popular um, is just like the Game Theorist channel that mm-hmm. has Game Theory, Film Theory and Food Theory. Because if they put like a Food Theory video out on the Game Theory channel, it would probably create other channel. Yeah, so they make a new channel. Well, then you've got to try and direct people towards that new channel. But how do you do that? Because as for reasons that we just mentioned, it's really difficult to even use the current audience you have to direct. Say, we do this other thing because that can create your viewership as well. And it it's, can, this, yeah. it's a very strange situation. And obviously that is um, a situation where I the, the one example I used, uh, Matt Pat is clearly very good at like directing his audience elsewhere, but he's still a risky play. It is. Like, and not it- every single attempt of that works as well as his did. It was just an easy example for, that came to mind. But that's, uh, yeah, that's just a little glimpse inside for people. Because I'm guessing there'd be people, why don't you just mention that every week? Because we have had, like, for the two big streams that we've done when we've announced it, we've got, oh, I didn't even know you streamed. Why yep. didn't you mention this? And it's like, we can't. It'd be, it'd be great to do this every episode and, like, you know, direct a couple hundred extra people towards um, uh, Twitch so you can, like, you know, take advantage and, like, you know, get partner status and all that good stuff. But if we did it every week... Um, it could seriously hamper the ability for the channel to like you know, grow. It really could, and it's the same with this podcast. Is the reason like behind the scenes people might not realize is like this podcast probably doesn't get as many listens as it should, or it could, or could we... because we don't want to plug it on the YouTube channel all the time again. Because if we do that, people will get sick of it and start to click away from videos. As I'm guessing, a lot of people have done with content in the past. I presume that's why. Um, the entire idea of like fat bars is yeah, put out things like little notices at the bottom mm. that isn't too big a detractor where people will click away. Yeah. But it will mention, by the way, like you will find like us on these social links, you will find us streaming here, you will find the like the merch here. And even but then it's it still, still gets not ignored. too much of like something that people click away from. Because that happened yesterday. We were streaming yesterday and it was uh a guy just came in and said, I didn't even know you streamed. And I, I was like, I had a couple of drinks. And I just went, how do you not know? Mm-hmm. He's mentioned in literally every single video. And you've just came in and said, hi, Carl, love the videos, watch them all the time. Have you never stopped and watched one to the end? Or read yeah, one of the fact bars at the bottom? Like, all it requires doing is having a quick look at the fact bars that are scrolling across the bottom quickly. And you can still, like, listen to the video and... Yeah, that would mean that you would read, by the way, Carl is on Twitch. Um, and there's just been a minor example that happened to me like right now. It's like people oh. are just not reading something. Yeah. And we can, we can delve into this because this has been a uh, part of the ongoing saga of just, I guess this is the thing I have to deal with now that I didn't okay. know was going to be a part of my life, but fuck it, yeah. And um, Lucas... Um, are you aware that I, I'm called Carl Smallwood, right? Oh, that's, I'm aware of that. that that's me. I am Carl Smallwood, and my Twitter is at, at Carl Smallwood. Yes. Uh, there's a guy on Twitter who's called not Carl Smallwood. Oh, God, this guy. Yeah, and 
he I don't know what his deal is because I didn't know about it until I saw like wait what because sometimes like, I like uh, the way Twitter works like people now fucking Twitter works you get mentions and I mm-hmm. only filter for tweets that have mentioned me to see if like anyone's asked like any questions about the channel or anything like that and yeah. it was like why is someone responding to me I don't remember doing that because I just saw Carl Smallwood and went oh it's it's someone else who's using my name on Twitter, that's a bit weird. And I click the profile, and they're using my profile photo that I had at the time. And my have you pro- got a different one now? I changed mine, yes, because I took a screenshot, and the screenshot mix is really bad, which is what I'm going to get into in a second. And okay. this guy, it's like the weird bit is he's not even committed to the gimmick of pretending to be me, because mm. sometimes like he just tweets about just random shit. But um, from what I can tell, like taking a cur- from taking a cursory glance at the account is. Um, he untags me in responses to argue with fans who are talking to me. Oh, right. So because um, you've blocked him, he can't keep you tagged, but he can respond by removing your tag. Yeah, or following people who follow me and then responding to what they say and then going mm. on like incognito tabs to read what I'm doing. Because I'm assuming what he's doing. Because that happens a lot. Because I've had a few people who I've blocked who still talk to me or try and get in contact with via alternate accounts. Oh, God, no. uh, By doing shit like that. And I just found this very strange. And um, something that happened to me this morning is um, I was made aware of the fact that, oh, yeah, a few people had said... I'd noticed that people were still talking to that guy. Because I checked my mentions and went, why are people responding to a tweet I put up? It's like four or five days ago. And it turns out he's still arguing with people in the responses to that but i've not seen his responses mm. but i am seeing people's responses to his responses and, like, and it's been a, right okay and yeah, there was like I a 20 30 um uh like response thread to that initial tweet that i had not seen and i was just scrolling through it because like you can see tweets from people that you've blocked by like clicking the thing of like I, i'm okay to see this mm. and i saw a collection of just like two tweets in a row that i found fucking amazing and I'll read them out now because I'm quoting someone who's pretending to be me here, which is very strange, very meta. And it's it weird a- because, like, as you mentioned, they claim they're pretending to be you, but also openly saying, I'm not trying to be Carl when and confronted I- about it. Yeah. And um, in response to someone saying, this isn't funny, uh, they said, um, well, it's a parody account. I mean, type in any YouTuber's name and you'll find loads of parody accounts. If anything, I'm more one of the more tame ones because all I do is talk about video games and pop culture stuff while tra- trying and failing sometimes to not be an asshole. The very next thing they responded to uh, was someone by saying, wow, kid, thanks for proving you can't read. So that's like arguing with someone about mm. whether or not it's a parody or not. Yeah. And like, oh, not once did I ever say, um, the word or even imply spite so i think they're talking about like oh they're angry at me which they're clearly mm-hmm. not because this is the thing a normal person does who's got who has um you know very reasoned mature responses <laughs> um to things that encounter but then they put a gif from um, tropic thunder and oh yeah yeah and it's the gif of robert downey jr in blackface saying you went full um yeah people know the end of that quote i don't like saying that word and yeah. I just thought that was really funny. Like it's like what a way to encapsulate just this is the kind of person who would do something like this. This is the inherent hypocrisy of this of like I'm going to police and concern troll how someone acts on the internet, mm-hmm. ostensibly to protect their fans and be like, no, I need to hold this person accountable. I need to, you know, 
speak truth to power while simultaneously just using horribly bigoted language to insult people. And yeah, I've, um, like, I don't know, you know, anything about this person, but the fact that they would use a word like that, even if it is, like, through the form of a gift, they are still using that word and appropriating that language. Yeah, they're using it as a pejorative. Yeah, and, like, that word, like, uh, as we've talked about in the past, we don't want to say it because... I hate it now. It's really not a good word to use, and I would just think, like... Either this person is like 13 and really doesn't get it. That's the thing though. I really just a huge a horrible person and I don't think they are, I don't think it is the first one. It's not going to gonna be a kid because a kid wouldn't put this much timing so a kid would get bored. But exactly. This is why I started, as I said I screenshot that of like what a perfect encapsulation of the kind of person. Like a glimpse into the personality of the the kind of person who would do something like this. But mm. Because they're using my profile photo and they've like got at Cal Smallwood. So they've got not in front of there, but like at first glance, you could mistake it for be me, which... So I believe so, it's like not Carl Smallwood and it's like woo instead of wood. But the same thing, the thing is that I, you know, change... But at a glance, it does look like you see the words at Carl Smallwood, like in there. And you can tell this because one of the response I just got Five minutes ago, while scrolling on my phone as you were talking, I'm sorry, Lucas. You know my attention span's quite short. Oh it's, yeah, it's fine. Like I agree with you, but would you mind avoiding the R word as an insult? Mm-hmm. Like so, they think it's a screenshot of me arguing with them. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, I get you now. And I think that's just like yeah, people don't read. And that thing is like, um, generally speaking. If I am following somebody and I see like their profile picture and like their rough name seems to look about the same, it's like, yeah, I'm going to assume like if I see Carl's profile picture and the words like as I'm glancing down my phone screen, just I see like, oh yeah, I, like Carl Small is in there, I'm going to glance past it and think that is Carl. And you could say that we're overreacting to that, but that has literally just happened live as we were recording this. Exactly, yeah. And, now, and it's that's an a... easy mistake to make because I've I've like fallen for shit before. Like not long ago, I fell for like um, it was like instead of a Disney Plus announcement of like Black Widow coming out, it was like a fake like Disney minus account or something. Yeah, I've seen that one, and people get, and they keep going, "Oh, we're parody." It's like if you parody, stop saying shit that sounds real. And I got really frustrated and, like, tweeted about it and someone was like, oh, no, check the name again. I was like, oh, fucking hell, I got caught out by it. Like, yeah. And, it's uh, so easy to do. Now, we can move this out of the realm of me. Of course, yeah. Uh, we can go to, like, uh, there's a couple of, like, famous parody accounts. Like, you know, the good ones. Um, like, okay. these are, like, these are good parody accounts. Like, not just... I'm going to use your profile picture and just say horribly bigoted things under the guise of a joke. Uh, like So the one that I like is it's Food Network. And this is like, it's they have the logo of Food Network and they're called Food Network, but their at is Food Network and work has a E in it. But okay. it, at first glance, it looks pretty legit. And they mm. have some legendary tweets uh, that people think are real and retweet thinking someone's just gone crazy at the end. Do you know, like when you, every now and again, it's like um, a Twitter account 
just someone tweets the wrong thing or stops giving a shit and it goes mm. viral and then companies realize that and then start pretending to do it. Oh god. Uh, so we have this like there's a couple of the uh, the food network tweets here. <laughs> My like, I'll save the best one for last but like spice up any meal by tossing a bag of brown recluse spiders up in the air at a ceiling fan. <laughs> Uh, chef secret any, any any recipe calling for flour can easily be substituted with baby powder <laughs> I like that one that's a good uh, one for a good Easter surprise try dipping marshmallow peeps in chocolate and nailing your entire family to a cross oh god and then the best one and this is this is, will go down as one of the most legendary tweets of all time need to whip up a dessert in a hurry dump a bag of Oreos on the floor and eat them off there like an animal you piece of shit <laughs> And he's like, you see it, and at first glance it looks legit, and then you glance at the at. Yeah. It's like, oh, you got me. And oh. that's like super fucking good. And like, that was a famous, famous one of like people thought it was real, and the tweets would go viral. People were like, oh, the guy at Food Network's gone off the rails. It's like, no, it's a guy pretending to be Food Network. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that leads into though uh, when advertisers realise, wow, we can pretend to be human as a brand, like, no doubt inspired by stuff like that, and then Wendy's. Uh, literally, the first thing that came to my head was Wendy's. Like, where Wendy's kind of get away with it because it's been their thing for a while. But, like, mm-hmm. I think the saddest and, and most desperate attempt to try and, like, get that kind of, like, organic push uh, was ironically, like, given, like, the thing that they tweeted out when, uh, I think it was Sunny Delight. Double check. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, just double check. Yeah, it was when the official Sunny Delight. Actually, I'm just going to send you the picture. Oh, we're doing this moment again because yeah. this is going on. This all like it's it's just I'm just going to send you a picture, Lucas. This, this, this is this is the this is the official Sunny Delight Twitter account. <laughs> so just tell people what it says. So Sunny D verified at Sunny Delight. And the tweet is just, I can't do this anymore. Yeah, and that ended up going super viral because everyone's like, oh, wow, the guy in charge of the account. He's like, just gone. It's like, no, it was a concerted marketing tactic because they knew that if they did that, people would retweet it thinking something had gone wrong. And you had an entire thread of brands, not people, brands, consoling Sunny Delight on Twitter. Yeah. And talking to each other like people. And the way it was summed up best was by a, uh, a nice lady on Twitter, Julia Wilde, at Julia, um, SCI. And it's just the, this question, what stage of late capitalism is brands using suicide threats for relatability? It's true. It's true. And it's just, oh. But it's all right, though. <laughs> the best response, because you had all like brands, and it's like, you can tell like, every brand's like, oh, they are rubbing their knees thinking, we're going to get some fucking retweets doing this. We're going to be the front page of all those really crappy websites that just retweet, uh, just put up images of tweets and think it's a news story. Mm-hmm. Uh, the at Pornhub <laughs> tweeted at them, oh, can I offer you a tissue and got blocked? Because <laughs> the Pornhub one, like, I get that because fair enough. Like, that's a brand where I can see them being a bit off the wall and quirky. I'm not going to lie, like, Pornhub marketing is, like, pretty genius. Yeah. Um, it's great. I can't, do you remember the one? I don't know if you are aware of this. Um, I'm sure you are, but, like, 
there was an advert where it was like, do you want to see the dirtiest porn video ever made? Mm-hmm. And it was two um, like porn stars having sex on a beach as it was like filled with litter and people were picking the litter up. Oh, okay. And it was like, please don't fucking do this. Like, clean up after yourself. They've been proper on point with the um, like their advertising, just like the raising. They really have raising um, like their profile online, and then you compare that to like Sunny D. It's like I can't do this anymore, and it's like the most clinical, yeah, um, coordinated marketing shit ever. And the fact that all the other brands, presumably also owned by the same giant company that owns Sunny D. Talking Probably to each other, Coca Cola or some shit. So they know that they're all being, um, uh... <laughs> yeah. And um, like the thing is, um, screen capped. I I will give like props once again. Like I I've... bear in mind, this is just something I heard through the grapevine. Uh, please don't tinge me with like too much of disgust, but like just the idea that Pornhub went, yeah, like our premium service is free because of lockdown. That was pretty good. And I was like. Okay, Pornhub, like, leaning into what people need in this time. It was great as well, because, like, just start a lockdown, my girlfriend hadn't moved in yet, so that was much appreciated. <laughs> so I was really thankful for that. Also as well, do you know Pornhub does a VPN? That's why I don't think I'm ever going to accept a VPN sponsorship, because Pornhub does a free one. And they know why you want it. They know why you want that VPN. It's like, what are you really using this thing for? To watch Netflix and porn? Fuck it. You might as well get half of that done right now. Fair enough. I did not know that. Yeah, they do a free VPN. And that's one of the things, like, why would I accept a sponsor for a paid VPN when Pornhub does a free one that's better? Yeah. And it's got the amusing thing of you can have the app on your phone and it's like someone sees it. If you do, like, do you know what, with the Twitter account where you look at it and go, is that Carl? They see the uh, the app uh, logo on your like your home screen and go, is, have you got a Pornhub? I was like, no, no, it's VPN Hub. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, that's so fucking good. That's so good. Oh, man. Does that one like, oh yeah, what stage of capitalism is it where brands are threatening suicide to be relatable? And late stage capitalism might be one of my favourite subreddits. I love it. Oh, oh, I've not heard of that one, Carl. You not heard of late stage capitalism? No, and I'm already very, very intrigued. Okay, well, late stage capitalism, like, there's two that I really like. It's just you, if you want to sum up the world and just how bad it is, yeah. You want to late stage capitalism and boring dystopia. Because boring dystopia is like a really good one. Like the idea is we live in this awful, terrible world and it's not even fucking cool. Like we were promised when we lived in a dystopia, at the very least we'd have cool cyberpunk shit and we don't. We just have like fucking old crusty white men telling us lies every day of the week. Like great, great. And we have phones that track everything we do. Like, it really freaks me out that, like, you know, I'm on my walk today with Jenna. It's like, oh, well, if we get a garden, uh, move somewhere with a garden, like, we'd need a lawnmower. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, little do I know, like, hours later, lawnmower ads appear on my phone. It's like, for yep. fuck's sake. They're the one where it's like, uh, if like, you ever want... just listen to it all the time. If anyone, um, like, in listening to this wants a good laugh, um, just say the words "I'm pregnant" into your iPhone for ten minutes and look at the ads that you get. That's a good one. Well, uh, you've got a couple just like usually it's just tweets of people just like being like, "Yeah, the world we live in is kind of shit," and it's just summed up in like a very succinct, clever way. Like this one of um, at existential comics, which seems to be like you know quite on the ball with this sort of thing a lot. Yeah, as evidenced by their name of just 
It's kind of weird how the gov- United States government is more prepared to quickly mobilize and crush a protest than to fight wildfires ravaging half the country. Yep. It's just little things like that. And uh, did you see the one going around of like, oh, I'm a like 16-year-old part-time hospitality worker. And I and pay last more. year I paid I pay more, more income tax than Donald Trump. Oh, fuck it. We'll get to that in a sec. It was like some of these stories are like, as well, it's just highlighting really depressing stories. Like, yeah, this is the world we live in. This is what capitalism has done to the world. It's like, oh, yeah, kids could end up in foster care over lunch debt. Holy shit. Just stories like that. <sighs> oh, or just like summing up stories in like you know a sarcastic way. That's a uh, very millennial uh, or Zoomer, I guess. Now it's like, oh, uh, um, just headline: government struggles with decision whether to cripple an entire generation with debt or tax through tax three billionaires a little bit more. So that's basically what it is, isn't it? It's just <sighs> like, should we cripple like an entire generation? Oh, oh, just make billionaires who have more money than it is ever like, possible to make, spend their make. lifetime. Fucking Jeff Bezos pay a bit of his fucking like nearly trillion dollars. Well, like that's well, that's another one, yeah. Of um, there's a couple. I'm just throwing out the best, like the most um, uh, uh, heavily upvoted posts of the last like couple of months, and there is a lot about Jeff Bezos. So like, oh yeah, the richest man in the world made like five billion dollars during lockdown when like um, unprecedented amounts of people lost their job, and like got evicted from their fucking houses and. Shit like that. Like, obviously, only renters, because, you know, mortgage freeze was a thing, but not rent freeze. Um, but, yeah, it's just like, during this time where people are losing jobs and getting kicked out of their rented flats, a billionaire made many more billions, and multiple billionaires made many more billions. Mm. Great. And then you've got, the, like, the usual memes of um, just, me, we should tax the ultra-wealthy and billionaires shouldn't exist. It's like, guy I went to school with who makes 35k a year, and it's just the Joffrey one of him choking, like... <laughs> <laughs> how dare you suggest this? It's like how many um fucking like uptight nerds got defensive every time Elon Musk had an insult thrown at him, and it's like, yeah, this guy doesn't need your help. You probably need his help. Well, that's why you have the um uh, that amazing meme that is just valid criticism and elon musk and it's like weird nerds diving in the way yeah, the, the, uh, the simpsons like we must protect this billionaire from having his feelings hurt it's like fuck him he's rich like fuck him he's got enough money to like last him through every insult that we could throw at him like for every insult thrown at elon musk he could probably like drop a tenner and still be fine hmm like, that's how rich that man is. And then you've just got, yeah, or the weird nerds just, like, jumping out yeah. to defend him. Yeah. Like, and, we oh, can, and we can jump over from uh, Late Stage Capitalism, like, sister subreddit, which I also on occasion will browse. Just It just gives you some, like, it doesn't make you feel good. Like, what's the opposite of feeling good? Bad. It makes you feel bad, but in a way where you don't, like, but you realise, yeah shit needs to change of like usually it's just highlighting stories that are framed in a way that's positive but they're really not like this one is like oh 89 year old pizza delivery man gets a surprise 12k tip it's like oh what a feel-good story and then usually it's just someone breaking down like wow this is awful it's like you've got to love uplifting stories like this one about an almost 90 year old man who has to deliver pizza because social security doesn't cover his bills 
Yeah, and it's, it's like, um, oh, yeah. like the one that pointed out to me a, like a while back, like not any time recent. And it's like, oh, um, don't you love these shows where they like give um, people home makeovers or build entire new homes for them? And it's like, oh yeah, did you know that like a lot of them just lose the like like lose the property because they can't keep up with the like, upkeep of it or property yeah, taxes so- just make them sell the house immediately? And it's like, oh no. So many people went um, bankrupt because of that show. And it's like, oh man, the idea of the show is like so nice. Of like, let's give a, a family that deserves it like a nice new house or a renovation or something. And then it's just like, did you know so many of those nice, just, you know, working class families got completely fucked over by it? Mm-hmm. That's the, um, like, the hidden reality of a lot of those shows. And we can talk about that because I wrote an article about it. Oh, okay. but- um, while scrolling down Boring Dystopia, I came across what might be... This is one of like, the most legendary images of just, like, concern trolling at its finest of, like... God, like, of just wealthy people being, like, the fuck of the paws on. And I swear to God, this is real. This is a real screenshot from a Fox News report a couple Ooh, of years so ago. Paul's giving me a four-part image this time. It's just a couple, but, like... And this was a report on, like... Um, poor families aren't really that poor because the definition of poor has changed what it used to be, and they so if... like and they use it as an argument for like this is why we don't have to raise social security. It's like the other one like uh, you know just describe the image and then we can get into it. This yeah. is amazing. This is real. So it's like definition of poor families is not what it used to be. Poor households, ninety nine point six of them, have a refrigerator. Yeah. You know, that luxury item, the thing that is, like, requ- a requirement to store food. Yeah, like, if, if someone turned around to me and was like, you have to live without a refrigerator, I'm like, what? What, that thing that I need to stop myself having to go and, like, source food every day fresh? Like, yeah, okay, only 99%, 99.6% of people have that. So that means 0.4% of people... Like, four in a thousand people, which is not insignificant, have to live without a fucking fridge. But the idea as well, that it's been framed as this luxury item that shows that they're not really that yeah. poor. Is and that, oh my God, is... most poor households have a can fridge. Af- they're they not aff- poor. They can afford can... a fridge. Uh, like, And then the other one's like, is that people uh, are 80% of a microwave. 81.4% of poor households have a microwave. 486 have a coffee maker. And I would... Yeah, coffee is like coffee makers are more popular in America, but I would very much argue coffee maker is a luxury item. Yeah, but like a microwave and a fucking fridge. It says, if anything, it's really bad that twenty percent don't have a microwave because they're so useful. For like, especially in poorer yeah. households where you maybe like you know time is not a premium. Exactly, or a luxury yeah. that you have. But like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> a coffee maker just go and buy a fucking kettle, Americans. Yeah. What the are you thing, doing? The Stop. thing is, though, that's that's one hundred percent a real image and. You can just feel, you can feel the rich white guy energy coming off it, can't you? Oh yeah, the the of two like, smug white like well one of them's not white, two smug men like older men, uh, sitting down on the news in their suits, going, "Ha! Huh, most poor people can afford fridges. They're not poor. They just want more. They just want to get more money. How so greedy of them! And it's like, so they, they can suck you, up. you smarmy old man." They want to suck at the teat of uh, the taxpayer, uh, but as a rich white man, that does not include me. 
Yeah, it's, it's just, like, oh my. It's the same God. energy as like, oh, why do poor people have phones? It's because a phone is a requirement for modern living. Like, they must not be poor. They have broadband. It's like, you, you, you mean that thing that is arguably a human right at this point? Like, it's almost as, like, necessary as having just food and water in a everyday life. Yeah, and they keep trying to reclassify, like, the internet as a, fun, like, a basic human right for um, first world countries. Because, yeah, it's pretty much a requirement at this point. Um, like, to go and do almost anything in this world. Especially now. Especially now, uh, after the dark times. Like, if I try and get a job and tell people I don't have internet access, I would not get a job. It's like the one of like, like how put it fundamentally kid's... like that. Like how are kids supposed to go to school without internet access? Now, if you got online classes. Oh no, Carl! It... They sent them all back to school now, and the cases of COVID have no. spiked. But it, I wonder it, what the it, correlation is there. It just smacks of that energy, doesn't it? Like, oh, you can't be poor. You've got a phone. It's like I fucking yeah. need a phone, you dickhead. But uh, just before we move on, there's one more, and this is like this cuts to the fucking bone. And it is, it's a picture of a bench in a park. And it's, you must have seen like these, uh, there's many designs for them, but uh, at the corner there, the benches that are designed in such a way where homeless people can't sleep on them. Oh, um, yeah, like. Like sometimes they'll have spikes on them or bumps that are not uncomfortable to sit on for like, you know, half an hour while you eat a sandwich, but you'd never be able to sleep on them. I can't remember the exact term, but it's something along the lines of like aggressive architecture. That might be. That sounds great, and if not, it's a great name for a band. <laughs> and like the one in particular here is like a sloped one, so you can like you can lean against it as you like stand or you know, eat your lunch, but you could not sleep on it. Hostile uh, architecture, sorry. Hostile. Yes. That's an even better name for a band. That's like yeah. it's rival, and just it's summed up excellently here uh, by one Michael Hobbs on Twitter. Just it's such a perfect metaphor of what we all give up due to the fear that someone else might get something for free. Yeah. So we will willingly sacrifice our own comfort, or uh, people will, just because they don't like the idea of a homeless person sleeping. Well, it's like um, under, you know, like highways and stuff. Where they put the anti-homeless spikes up. They, they put the spikes up so that people who are homeless don't have shelter from the fucking rain. It's like, we'd rather invest money preventing them from having, like, a modicum of comfort than invest in infrastructure that and will stop them becoming homeless in I the mean, first place. I mean, to call it a modicum of comfort is, like, fucking putting it really loosely. It's, it's just, like, you're not going to get rained on. And it's just, like, it's one of those things. So we can move on from that, like, that thing you mentioned... Lucas, you want to just, like, just go over the story? People may not have heard this. It's, uh, it should I, be, it sh- honestly, it sh- um, should be the biggest story in the world. It should be. Um, One of them, at least, anyway, yeah. No, 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 I, I very much believe right now it should be the only fucking news story being run. And that story Especially is? Especially in America. And it's basically that Donald Trump doesn't pay any taxes and everything he's done is complete failure. Yeah. Uh, in, a, is- in very short form. Uh, he has never made any money on any of his businesses, at least according to him, as self-reported in his tax returns, which finally have uh, been released in the New York Times, has been slowly piecemealing out information about them. Mm-hmm. And the, 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 the pertinent piece of information, like the, the choice quote that I feel is, mo- is the strongest, is that uh, the year he became president, Donald Trump paid $750 in taxes. Cole, you, you missaid that. Donald Trump, the billionaire. Oh, yeah, sorry. The billionaire paid $750 uh, in income tax. 
And just as an, an extra fact, Joe, fun, a fun fact for no particular reason. Donald Trump once sued a writer um, who was writing something about for like a book, or I think it was his autobiography or something like that, for daring to suggest that he wasn't a billionaire and sued him for the sum of like $8 billion. For say, And Donald Trump said it was libel because he said he didn't have, uh, because he um, underestimated how much money he had. So that's just a fun fact for people to just mull over as they contemplate that he pays $750 in taxes. I may recall this is how billionaires stay, stay rich. billionaires. The one that I like, though, is um, when it got broken down, where he claimed back, I, I think, nearly $100,000 in hair treatments oh my God. from the taxpayer. He charged like $100,000 worth of hair treatments and his hair still looks that shit. And um, I've seen as well like all the other things that people just like to remind everyone at the moment about how many golfing trips he's been on and how many times and days the government has spent completely shut down since the last four years have occurred like with Donald Trump in charge. Yeah, I think it's close to a quarter of his presidency. So he's been in power for four years. He spent almost a year... Um, just playing golf. Not like taking out just playing golf. Yeah. And the best part about it as well, he's apparently really shit at golf. Have you ever heard yeah, this? Yeah, I've heard this. This yeah. is like, an, I, I, again, he's an evil dude and he does all these awful things, but it's really funny to me that he plays golf all the time and he shit at it. And Alex Cooper, yes, that's Alex Cooper. Yeah. The rock star has played golf with Donald Trump and has said, I refuse to play against him anymore because he cheats. Because he cannot take losing. So I almost beat him once and he threw a tantrum. <laughs> and then mysteriously, every time we go to the green, his ball was perfectly positioned. Oh, man. It's like, do you know that Mr. Burns episode? Yeah, like, literally thinking because... about that just then. And you think, that's really stupid. No one's that petty. Why would a literal billionaire be so petty as to have to win, to cheat to win at a game? And then think that... Like, and then pretend like cheating to win is like as good as a win. That's the thing. I've cheated to win. I'm going to celebrate like a jackass. I'm going to celebrate like I won the fucking um, Grand National or something. Yeah. Or the Open. And that's the thing as well. Like, not only billionaire, but billionaire who runs the country and still feels like that small a man to yeah. need to cheat at a game of fucking golf. The most powerful man in the world. Cries yeah, literally. On Twitter about, like, get cries on Twitter about people being unfair to him. Like he gets annoyed about people throwing insults at him on Twitter. It's like, why do you give a shit? Oh man, it's great. It's but, fucking uh, incredible. Like, what? It is uh, absolutely amazing how petty and like childish that man is. He is a fascinating individual, and I the stuff that's going to come out. Um when his administration like, hopefully crumbles. Hopefully, because I, I I very much fear that the world is a like, horrible enough place that he will get voted back in. And it, it sounds farcical until you think how farcical the world is. Like, just take one minute to think, yeah, like it's another unthinkable thing that will probably happen. Or could oh, possibly. It's ridiculous. It's just like... There's so many, like, just little things about him. Can you hear that? What is that? That's on your end. 
I think it's just someone screaming. Like, not bad screaming, just like happy screaming. So I think people think they're the only people here in the building. Because that's not like my puppy, Cade, having a go in the background. That's weird. Anyway, anyway, Carl. I don't mind that in the background. That's really funny. <laughs> just. Oh, God. But now there's just like random person screaming in the background, to be honest. It's fair enough. They're clearly having a good time. Yeah, whatever. Let, 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 let them have fun, Carl. It's 2020. We don't get much of it. Yeah, no, I'm just, it's funny, I'm scrolling down his fucking Wikipedia page. Oh, no. And, like, you know, you know that his Wikipedia page is pretty good. When you go to business career, mm. uh, which is obviously an entire section on his Wikipedia page, and there is the further information, business business projects of Donald Trump in Russia. Oh. That has its own Wikipedia page. What is going on? But anyway, yeah. Like, even has his own page about golf. No, uh, I don't know what's going on with the the, the money as well because all I've seen is like, oh, somebody really needs to ask Donald Trump who he owes four hundred twenty one million dollars to. <laughs> so shit. Is that why is that a thing that needs to be asked? Oh, that is so fucking like. How can someone be so consistently shit and still get day? support? Like he's so bad. Like he's like just in terms of being a human. Yeah. Like, he, he can't even fucking walk. Like, no, he doesn't even... Like, have you seen as well how he stands? Mm-hmm. Um, like, this is um, a good one. Like, uh, if people don't know, he stands very strange. And there's a, like, a, a, a I guess, famous tweet that he stands like a, river, a centaur without the horse part. Like, he leans really far forward oh, and he talks into a podium. Yeah. And the reason he does that is because he's so just horribly fat and obese and uh, that he leans over so that his ill-fitting suits, which he specifically has tailored to not fit properly... So they cost a fortune and get tailored wrong because everything about him is just wrong and doesn't make sense. Hangs forward so you can't tell how fat he is. Oh, of course. And just the idea that he goes and gets suit, he buys, he owns a company that makes suits and he buys them and he has them tailored to fit him wrong. <laughs> like, just think about how crazy that is for a moment. And that crazy man is the like current president of a country, Carl. Just like he gets suits designed wrong to hide how fat he is, and I um, that's, that's incredible. I don't know too much about like uh, um like past, you know, American presidents before I was an adult. Um, but I was uh, going off on a weird tangent for a second. Was watching the season two uh, like opening of uh, the Umbrella Academy. Okay, I've not seen that yet. So who's, which president's in that then? Is it JFK? Well, it is JFK. Of course it's JFK. The, he's the only president they could get who's cool enough. To the be obvious pertinent quote that came up when they were showing JFK was very fitting for this time. It's just like, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. And I was like, we need a man like that right now. Uh, a man who just bangs supermodel left, right and centre. Oh, yeah, that's the thing is, I, I turned around and was like, that's a great fucking quote. Uh, he also was like, you know, sleeping with every fucking one under the sun, apparently. But, you know, he had a good quote. He did have that line. Uh, well, there's some really great quotes, like, um, true to presidents, but um, well, I'll have to do that. But one of the things that I like about, um, like, uh, just JFK is that he's well known for just like being youthful and like he was the youthful virile president that's like basically how he won the presidency 
because a really interesting mm. statistic about him is um, he took part in the first presidential debates to be broadcast on television. Oh. Previously, they'd all been done on the radio. And um, uh, I think it was Gallup poll. Well, Gallup ran a poll of like who, who American citizens thought won the debate. Like, who do you think came across better in the debates? And when they had uh, people queried about the radio debates, people thought that like, Nixon won. They thought that like, Nixon came across better, that like, he sounded more presidential, he sounded like he had his shit together. However, when they queried people about what they thought, like who won the television debates, everyone said JFK. Because they saw him and, you know, he was like, as you say, a young and um, I, I presume energetic man. Yeah, he was close to 50 around the time he was running for president, but compared to Nixon... Well, yeah, that's yeah. the thing is, like, for example, um, I would say compared to the likes of Biden and Trump, Obama was a, a young man in comparison, like, when he was mm. first running. And there's a weird thing about JFK where despite um, usually being portrayed as quite young, quite fit, quite virile, like, even, like, the, the stories about him, like, you know, banging Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. He's like, it's, oh, what a virile young man. Um, in the prime of his life. He was actually in horrible, crippling pain almost every single day he was president. Oh, really? Yeah, he had uh, a host of illnesses, uh, diseases, and just ailments. And he had a, suffered horribly with chronic back pain, caused when, I shit you not, uh, he was a sailor in World War II. The boat he was on was hit by another boat and got cut in half. Oh, shit. And Kennedy jumped into the water, which was on fire, um, rescued two men and dragged them to safety with his teeth by putting their life jacket um, things in his teeth and swimming to a nearby island. What the fuck? Yeah, that's the thing he did, uh, which is like, you know, super badass. And the, again, a great quote from him when they asked him, because uh, he won a medal for heroism, because of course you fucking do when you actually... Yeah, like, if you, you do that shit, then yeah, fair enough. You get a medal. They asked him, so how did you win your medal, Mr. President? It was easy. They cut my boat in half. Uh, but he suffered with chronic pain from that, and he also had something known as Addison's disease. Um, and oh it's not I've really heard of that, but I'm not sure what it is. It caused him like you know great pain. But the thing that's important about this is that it also gives you um, a, a strange like palette or complexion that looks like a tan. Oh right, okay. Uh, it it look it has the appearance of a tan, and one of the and they say that this disease may have inadvertently helped him become president. Because on the television debate, as I said, like he won um, due to the fact a lot of people looked at him and thought he looked healthier and more youthful and just like a stronger fit to be president than Nixon did. Mm-hmm. It's because he had a ostensibly healthy glow about him. So, oh, he's got, like, you know, the healthy tan. Not like a Donald Trump weird orange man tan, but like, you know. A... No, yeah, like every picture I've ever seen of JFK, he looked like he was uh, like, had a good healthy tan to him. Yeah. And I true, assumed that was, a... that was just a healthy tan. No, it's a side effect of um, Addison's disease, oh. or one of them. And there's also, it's like, yeah, he had to walk around on crutches a lot, which he hid from the public. And he would, like, get into his car um, after doing, like, rounds of meets, and he would, like, collapse in pain. Fucking hell. Yeah, he was, all, he was in a horrible state. But, like, you know, you, you, you grin and bear it. Because, like, you know, the, the president's office, like, demands more of you. It is a very ways. weird mentality that, um, like, you know, some someone that would require crutches um, couldn't lead the country well because like at the end of the day well FDR it, did and he was in a fucking wheelchair well yeah like at, at the end of the day if you're like if your mind and your attitudes are correct then fuck whether you need like assistance with crutches or wheelchairs or whatever 
but that's the thing though, isn't it? Because your political opponent's going to use that against you. They are, and especially a political opponent like Trump, who, you know, consistently um, tries to call out Biden for like being old, even though Trump shows more signs of old age. Yeah. And it's very weird. And then um, didn't he also ask for Biden to be having like pre-debate drug tests? Yeah, she says he's definitely taking performance enhancing drugs. Yeah. Even though like Trump has been rumoured for years to use them, which is one of the few rumours about that I don't actually believe because he is a uh, staunch teetotaler. Like, he absolutely refuses to drink alcohol. Uh, so I can't imagine taking drugs, but then again, mm. his unhinged behaviour is clearly causing something. But um, what I have in front of me now, though, is a few choice quotes from Donald Trump. And I just thought it'd be interesting to go through like you know a few quotes. Like These are the words of the president. They should carry some weight. There should be some, like, some they gravitas should. to them. They should, yeah. They should, but they don't. Uh, for example, here's a quote from Donald Trump. Uh, it's freezing and snowing in New York. We need global warming. And didn't he recently say, don't worry, everything's going to get cold. Like, like everything's just going to f- sort itself out soon. I don't <laughs> remember know, whether he said everything was going to get colder or warmer. Uh, he said one of them. Know, never forget that Republican... Um, like politician who went into the Senate with a snowball and held it up and said, look, how can we have global warming if it's snowing outside? That was their evidence. And then you had that other one who legitimately argued, I think he from the climate scientists, that they shouldn't invest in um, wind farm technology for America because wind is a finite resource. That's a real thing that actually happened. Anyway, here's a quote from Donald Trump. You know, it really doesn't matter what the media write, as long as you've got a young and beautiful piece of ass. So why does he give such a shit? He's married to a supermodel. This is what I don't get. Yeah. Like he was, he's married to a supermodel. It's like, I'd rather scream on Twitter instead of banging my objectively incredibly attractive wife. <laughs> that's, like, that's when you know he's got something wrong with him. Like he's just broken inside his head. When... He can look over and see his wife and go, but I want to yell on Twitter. I mean, the, the real question is, like, apart from on cameras, can that woman stand to be in the same room as him? Pro- probably not, no. Uh, the amount of times you see her, like, getting caught on camera, just, like, yeah, changing facial expression. Oh, shit. Refusing to hold hands with him. Yeah, and did not you... Smiling, uh, not did smiling you, in photos. Did you see the one as for help? I think it was like yesterday on Twitter or the day before. So like, oh, uh, someone on Fox News got caught out with their hot mic on, and it was like, oh, and now we hand over to President Trump. And you just say, oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did see the one though. Uh, it's a news report. Uh, it's about like a basketball game that happened. They're like, oh, we're, we're talking to fans out here, and um, the interviewer, uh, she's interviewing. So, like, oh, so how do you feel? And he, the guy talks into the microphone. She's like, oh, I'm really sorry, but. Um, do you mind just putting your mask on? Um, I, the guy's, oh yeah, no, no problem. I don't mind doing that. And he pulls his mask up and he just says, "Fuck Trump" on the mask. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like live at, on air. And it's like, oh, that's so good. Oh, that's fucking amazing. It's just like, oh man. Oh, there we go. Oh, there's a famous one. For if I've often said, if Ivanka wasn't my daughter, perhaps I'd be dating her. Oh god. Oh, I didn't hear that before, but oh, oh. Uh, here's Trump on healthcare.gov. We have a $5 billion website. I have so many websites. I have them all over the place. I hire people. It costs me $3. What? 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 
Like, that is one weird trait with Donald Trump. He's like, um, he's always like, yeah, I have them all. I own them all. Like, we've got them all. We've got them all. We've got all the good ones. All the good things. Yeah. And he uh, constantly try does find it. something. Uh, there's a really great list, and I think just in isolation, a lot of his quotes that they they wash over you of like, yeah, it's just another weird thing he said. But uh, I like not recently, but um, let's have a look. I'm trying to find this now. Yeah, I think this might be it. Okay. Uh, and this is just a it's a it's a, me- it's a mega list of all the things um, that Trump has said he knows more about than anybody. Because he's always like he's a he's a man who's fond of his hyperbole, but I think just in isolation they kind of just like they kind of just get lost because in the of sauce. everything else out like because just the, the ridiculousness that is Donald Trump as a human being like yeah they do wash over you a bit when you hear him go like well so, I know more than the doctors yeah so here's just a list uh, this was published in 2019 so it's probably not complete but definitely like, not. the thing is that it even says as well. That this isn't a complete list, but we could start with just like you know a quote of like, "I know more about drones than anybody. I know about every form of safety that you can have." So uh, campaign finance. I think nobody knows more about campaign finance than I do because I'm the biggest contributor. TV ratings. I know more about people who get ratings than anyone. ISIS. I know more about ISIS than the generals do. Social media. I understand social media. I understand the power of Twitter. I understand the power of Facebook. Maybe better than anybody based on my results. Courts. I know more about courts than any human being on earth. Lawsuits. Who knows more about lawsuits than I do? I'm the king. Politicians. I understand politicians better than anybody. The visa system. Nobody knows the system better than me. I know H1B. I know H2B. Nobody else on the dies knows how to change it like I do. Believe me. Um, Trade. Nobody knows more about trade than me. The US government. Nobody knows more about systems better than I do. Renewable energy. I know more about renewables than any human being on earth. Taxes. I know... Well, this is going to be a choice one, isn't it? (laughs) I think nobody knows more about taxes than I do, maybe in the history of the world. To be fair, he's a billionaire who's paid zero dollars in taxes. Yeah, so he he might know a lot about fucking taxes and tax avoidance. Yeah, fair enough. This one, though, money. I understand money better than anybody, so why don't you have more of it? Yeah, so why do you owe all of your money to other people and fake that you're a billionaire? Uh, infrastructure. Look, as a builder, nobody in the history of this country has ever known so much about infrastructure as Donald Trump. Senator Cory Booker. I know more about Cory than he knows about himself. Borders. Uh, you know more about this stuff than anybody um, said about him. Democrats. I know more about the other side than almost anybody. Construction. Nobody knows more about construction than I do. The economy. I know more about it than the Federal Reserve. Technology. Technology. Nobody knows more about technology than me. Drone technology. Having a drone fly overhead, and I think nobody knows more about te- this te- more about technology, this type of technology, certainly than I do. What? Like, just think about that for a moment. Like, just that list of things. Like, and that sp- has the specific caveat of being things that he has specifically singled out as things that he knows more about than anybody. There's a bigger list that I can't seem to find in my cursory Google search of just, here's everything he's just claimed to be the best at. Yeah. Or better at than other people. Or things that he said that he knows that he's right about. And it is like this 150-item long list of just quotes from him about, I am the best at this, I am the best at that. Nobody can do this. But it's like... Oh my god! Yeah, 
Oh my god, he's insane. He's a like I said, he's a fascinating figure. Uh, he's fascinating like, in the fact that yeah, he is like just fucking clinically insane. Like he's one of the most powerful people on the planet, and just like he spends his time doing this, and he's. I feel like I don't even want him to be arrested or like sent to prison. What I want is I just want him to have no power. Mm. Let him keep his money, just take away his power, but then give him a microphone and just let him talk into a hot mic. Like, I, I would not have a problem with the man if, like, yeah, we gave him absolutely zero power and wealth and just let him sit in his own little crazy box and talk shit. No, do you know what I want? Or I him want... being one of the most powerful, if not the most powerful man in the world, makes it scary as fuck. Like, do you know what I want? Do you know Spider-Man 2018? Do you know like J. Jonah Jameson when he gets fired from the Daily Bugle? Mm-hmm. And he gets really mad about it and he starts a podcast where he just yells oh, and screams yeah. at people. I want that to happen. I want him to get dragged out of the Oval Office kicking and screaming and he just starts a podcast. <laughs> and all he does is scream. And, I, and no one listens to him. No one takes him seriously. People call in to mess with him. Oh, my God. But just him screaming into an open microphone. So every now and again, we get all these crazy quotes. Yeah. Oh, my God. He, he's just... He's an enigma. Is the only uh, way to an, describe it. Uh, it reminds me of a little bit. There's an old Frankie Boyle joke about Nigel Farage. Uh, if, like, if he wasn't so powerful, he'd be hilarious. He's the kind of guy you get at your local pub where you get him drunk and get him to call the local Chinese. <laughs> Just to hear what he's going to say. And if people wonder why that joke lands so well, that's because uh, uh, Nigel Farage is a well-known, horrible racist man. No, no, Carl, no, no, he's not racist, don't worry. He just hates people from other countries. Yeah, and other but people that people. aren't white, yeah. male, like, cis. Yeah, just yeah. anything that isn't him, he really I doesn't just... like. But that doesn't make him, like, you know, racist or homophobic <laughs> or anything like that. No. Is there anything better than every time there is news about Brexit and it's always bad? Yeah. It's always bad. Like, I could just say it's news about Brexit because you know it's fucking bad. It's like, oh God, what have we done now? People post that clip of him when he was at the European Union saying, and it's specifically the line of, things are looking pretty good. Oh God. When he was giving a speech about like, how Britain's coping with Brexit, it's like, things are looking pretty good. <laughs> and it's just like, they have consistently gotten worse from every day since you said that. They have, they have. It's almost like the universe has a sense of, like, a cruel sense of humor. And it's not even as well that, oh, just the world is getting worse because of, like, 2020. Like, Brexit is getting worse day after day. Oh, it's amazing. It's fucking incredible. And, like, obviously a lot of um, listeners aren't from the UK. But, yeah, it's a shit show. It's a shit show. Not as big a shit show as ever. It's just really, it's that one of just... Uh, things are looking... Pretty good. God. <laughs> I love. <laughs> Remember, like this was years ago. Now it feels like it was years ago, at least. Anyway, when like that French politician was like, I think Nigel Farage, one of those dickheads, was arguing with him about Britain, mate. Like Britain doesn't need France. We don't need cakes. <laughs> Like Britain makes great cakes. And like the French minister, or whoever it was who was getting pissed off, was like, look, I, they could not give a shit. And they just went, look, if Britain wants to have this, they can have salt and bread. Yeah. Like, I do not give a shit. 
please stop wasting my time by saying that Britain has great cakes. This is a matter of like great economic importance. It's not a time for you to like posture and wave your dick around. Apparently it is, because that's all fucking Brexit has been. And it's, oh, it's oh, like man. It's like, oh, like, do you remember when they went to the European Union, like Nigel Farage got voted in? And then he refused to stand. He stood up and turned his back when they played the European Union's anthem. Oh, God, no, I didn't know that. It's like, what are you doing? Britain. Well, not Britain. I'm not going to say Britain, especially England. What are you doing? It's more. It is just, that's what happens when guys who go to Benidorm to specifically three-star all-inclusive hotels uh, (laughs) gets gets political power. Because we all know, like, British people, they know exactly the kind of person I'm describing. Yeah. It's the guy who's, like, gone to spoons and got annihilated every day since pubs opened. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> but, yeah, like, welcome to this comedy podcast. Comedy guys. podcast. <laughs> it's, like, it's so bad. There's, like, so many little dumb things I love to talk about. But, like, just, as I said, it's fascinating. Oh, God. To discuss stuff like this. Like, how did it get this bad so fast? I don't know. Like, it went so bad so fast. And, like, I I don't think it'd be possible, like, to... Cl- we've said it multiple times of, if you wrote this in a TV show, people will say you're making it up. Yeah, and as I was saying earlier, like, the amount of times that I thought to myself, especially over the past couple of years, like, this is so farcical, this could never happen. And then it fucking happened. <laughs> it's great. Like, it's great in the sense that I, I love living in a world where I fucking anything can happen. And it fucking can at this point. Like, who gives a shit? Dinosaurs are coming back next. <laughs> That's the only thing I'm annoyed about, that like, nothing cool's happened. Like, are we living like, in a world where Jurassic Park would just be another part of 2020? That's the thing, yeah. If like, you see satirical headlines now and you don't know like, if they're true or not. <laughs> yeah. And that's like how bad it's gotten. Oh dear, oh man. And like speaking of satirical headlines, we can like you know kind of like draw it back and speak some this a, a little bit more, I guess frivolous. Okay, yeah. And uh, like the Xbox One X X S. Um, the series uh, SX One S Mega X, Edition. Yeah. Like, the fuck is going on with that? Uh, apparently, the load times are great. The load times are great. Lucas, what's the name? Yeah, well, uh, can we, can we, can we, do you know what we could do? Let's do a Wikipedia weekends. But this is going to be a great one. Because do you know what I'm going to do right now? I'm going to look for the Wikipedia page for the Xbox family of consoles. <laughs> and let's just go through them, shall we? Uh, because I'm hoping there are a few people listening to this who don't know what we're talking about. So while I'm looking for it, Lucas, tell people about the very, very first Xbox. The very first Xbox? Do you mean the Xbox yes. One? No, no, the Xbox original. Oh, the OG Xbox. Right, okay. Yes. Uh, so that's what, at, at this point, that's what we have to call it, the OG Xbox. Now, Xbox decided the Xbox 3 would be called the Xbox One, mm-hmm. and the Xbox 2 would be called the Xbox 360. And you know what we don't get confused about, Carl? Well, As we point out all, the fucking PlayStation 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. I'm just trying to find out a list of all the consoles made by Xbox. Okay, and um, do you remember the X-Boy rumours? What's the X-Boy? Like, the, the, the amount of times that people rumoured, like, oh, uh, Microsoft are going to make a portable console. It's going to be like the Game Boy. They're going to call it the X-Boy. Nah, man. I'm still pissed off. They never did that idea someone had of making the like make a console-sized version of the Game Boy and call it the Game Man. <laughs> and why, why did they do that? Where was that? 
<laughs> well, why isn't the Switch called the Game Man? Like, where was the fucking Game Man? Oh, That's what I want. Uh, to be I'm fair, sure. the Game Boy was a fucking man. It was. It was an absolute beast of a it console. It was a chonk. It was like, that was the chonkiest boy. <laughs> uh, so I've got like a list here, and this isn't as funny as I thought it was. So we'll skip. Don't worry, I know the better one. But just I, for people out there like who play games, this probably makes perfect sense to you. But just try and imagine what the, what I'm about to say would sound like to an outside listener. Uh, okay. um, so I now have in front of me a list of the Xbox family of consoles. And the first Xbox was called the Xbox. And do you know why, uh, Carl? That's a question. Uh, the Direct Xbox, I believe. Yeah. So, isn't it? It's like Direct Xbox. Because, like, Direct X was um, basically the, like, I don't, like, the program, kind of, like, the architecture that made it possible um, for, like, PCs with different architectures to all run the same game. Yeah. And then, like, the point was, we're going to make a, a box that's a console that has DirectX in it to make it, like, easy for compatibility purposes. And So it's the DirectX box, which makes sense. And then cool. they took the Direct out because that's a bit long. It's just the Xbox. It's much cleaner. Hmm. And that's your shot now. But I'm going I'm to start from the beginning again because, like, Lucas, this is going to be fucking ridiculous. So the first Xbox was called the Xbox. And that was followed up um, a few years later by the second Xbox, which is called the Xbox 360. Yep. Which itself was followed up a few years later that by the third Xbox called the Xbox One. Yep. Which means that the first Xbox is no longer Xbox, the first Xbox One. It is now Xbox Original. And the Xbox One was followed up after that by a smaller version called the Xbox One S. Yeah. Uh, which was also then followed by the Xbox One X. Uh, the new series of consoles, though, is the Xbox Series S, but there is also another one called the Xbox Series X, which means that uh, <laughs> you will be going from the Xbox One X. You could potentially have gone through your console lifecycle of buying an Xbox, followed by an Xbox 360 to an Xbox One. Maybe you'll upgrade that to an Xbox One S or an Xbox One X to be followed by an Xbox Series S or Xbox Series X. Yep. The fuck are you doing with that naming convention? It's bad. That, that's really bad. And um, for everyone out there, for everyone out there going like, come on, it's not that bad. Um, I just want to let everyone know and remind people that on the day the pre-orders went live, the Xbox Series X, Series X, mm-hmm. the sales of the Xbox One X increased on Amazon by 748% or something <laughs> like that. Which like just sums up what people say, oh, wow, the new Xbox is out. Oh, what's I'm going to type in Xbox. Oh, there are no bundles of this left, but there are bundles of this one, which is clearly what happened. Yeah, it was, or, or either that or people were like, oh, it's Xbox something X. Mm. Like, there we they go. Know, it, that one's an Xbox X. I'll get that one. People will just probably think, like, yeah, uh, it's this one. Yeah. Like, I know it's got an X in it. I know it's called an Xbox. It's an, yeah, it's an uh, Xbox X. And it will never stop being funny to me that uh, you know the real reason like the xbox because um playstation has a very good um uh, gimmick going on uh, it's x it's a uh, playstation one they had the playstation and when they released the playstation 2 so the playstation retroactively became the ps1 or the playstation one and what do you follow the playstation 2 with the playstation 3 and then the 4 and then the 5 yeah it's not, not fancy, nothing flowery, but it gets the job done. And you know, you fucking know that the reason that the Xbox 360 wasn't called the Xbox 2 
is because some marketing guy somewhere did some market research and realized that if they called it the Xbox 2, people would think it was worse than the PlayStation 3. Yeah, probably, that, yeah. And you know... No, no, Lucas, not probably. You know that's the reason. <laughs> it's never been confirmed, but you fucking know that it is because you know that Bill Gates, or whoever the fuck it was who was in charge, did not want to walk out on stage and tell people that the Xbox 2 was coming out when ne- the week after Sony's going to go out and say, we've got the PlayStation 3. Like, right. It's the marketing. Why didn't they just do what fucking Windows did and skip a number? Hmm. Hey, the I Xbox 3 is coming out. What about the Xbox 2? Don't worry about the Xbox 2. Mm, no, no, that's fine. And you know that's the reason. Now, they could have just come out with some bullshit and been like, oh, uh, the Xbox 5 is out. And it's like, oh, well, why didn't you say the Xbox 4? Well, oh, the, the Xbox One X was like the Xbox 4. Yeah, they could have done that. But then now they don't want to do it because then they'd be directly competing and then the comparisons would be um, uh, made. But, yeah, it's, that's exactly what it is. And I don't care if it's never been confirmed. I fucking know that it is. <laughs> that's how bad marketing people are. That's what marketing guys are like. Yeah. They, they hate that. They hate that they're being competitive. We don't want to call it that. And as proof, I will offer up one of the most amazing stories, and it's about the world of burgers. And it is that um, there's, I think, what's it called now? It's like American Diner. Something like some some restaurant chain somewhere in America um, to compete with the ubiquitous McDonald's quarter pounder, developed and created a third pounder burger that um, absolutely de- like demolished McDonald's quarter pounders in taste tests, and then after that sold it for cheaper than the quarter pounder. Mm-hmm. And this thing died on its ass. They could not sell it. It was like they could not get it off the menu. And they went and did another round of market research and found out, I shit you not, the average consumer assumed that the third pounder was a worse deal despite being cheaper because it had less meat because three is lower than four. So basically, people do not understand basic fractions. No, No. or numbers, because one number's higher, so it must be better. And... If people are that fucking stupid in regards to numbers, like, you know that that is a story. It, like, it is a horror story told by marketing guys mm-hmm. about how stupid the average consumer is and how difficult it because is to Because they came up with a legitimate good idea that was ruined by the stupidity of the average person. Yeah, it was a better deal and it sold for... Like, it was a better deal because it was more meat and it sold for less and it beat the quarter pounder in taste tests. But consumers thought they were getting a worse deal. Yeah. And you know that if you if you go to a shop and you're an undecided consumer and you look and you go, huh, well, the Xbox 2 is out, but then the PlayStation 3 is also out. 3 is higher, so it must be better. Mm. Yeah. Every time. So uh, <laughs> uh, now I've got, though, uh, in front of me, Lucas, the uh, Nintendo 3DS. Um, uh, oh, Carl. Series of consoles. Oh, so do you remember, Carl. So, so do you remember that one? Right, let, let's give Lucas a little like self-imposed challenge here and see if I can name every single like 3DS and DS. Well, yeah, because I've... Oh, do you want to do the DS I as can, well? I can do it, I'm sure. Okay, so I'm going to bring up the DSs as well because that was the sequel, doesn't it? Because this is where... This is the one. This is the king. It will never be topped in terms of like, what the fuck were you doing when you named this No, thing? to be Did fair, you do- the Wii U was worse. The Wii was worse because that's just like the marketing killed that. Yeah. Um, that's that. But yeah, like let's bear in mind the that these are somehow successful series of consoles. Uh, handheld consoles. 
So I need to get up like the uh, the full list. Uh, the so DS the Nintendo... one, I believe, is pretty easy because I believe it's just DS, DS yep. Lite, and DSi. Yes, and then there was the DSi XL. Oh. Yeah, everyone forgets about the DSi XL. Okay, so, so I've fucked like, up so, already, but okay. So, Lucas, let's play... I don't forget, I'm not, I forget the name of the game it is, but it's the remembering game. Okay. Where you got to say it over and again. So it's a Nintendo DS, Nintendo DS Lite, Nintendo DSi, Nintendo DSi XL. So what's, what comes after that? Uh, then it would just be the 3DS. So the Nintendo 3DS. So go through the list again for me. Uh, so you'd have the DS, the DS Lite, the DSi, the DSi XL... And the 3DS. Okay, what comes after that? Uh, then it would be the... I believe the next one was the 3DS XL. Okay, so what's the list again? So DS, DSi, DSi, DSi no, Say the full name, Lucas. Say the full name. What? Say the full It's Nintendo DS. Oh, on, God, no, no, no. This is going to be okay, a... T- so I want to see Nintendo how much the DS, The Nintendo DS Lite, the Nintendo DSi, the Nintendo DSi XL... The Nintendo 3DS, the Nintendo 3DS XL. Okay, what comes next? Uh, the Nintendo 2DS. Okay, so what's the list now? So Nintendo DS, Nintendo DS Lite, Nintendo DSi, Nintendo DSi XL, Nintendo 3DS, Nintendo 3DS XL, Nintendo 2DS. And right, what came after that? <laughs> um, what did come after that? that is... <laughs> Do you want a clue? Um, new Nintendo 3DS. Okay, so what's the full list now? Uh, so it's the Nintendo DS, the Nintendo DS Lite, the Nintendo DSi, the Nintendo DSi XL, the Nintendo 3DS, the Nintendo 3DS XL, Nintendo 2DS, and the new Nintendo 3DS. And what came after that? Uh, I believe it was the new Nintendo 3DS XL. It was. So what's the full list again? <laughs> the Nintendo DS, Nintendo DSi, Nintendo... No, DS Lite, sorry. Nintendo DSi, Nintendo DSi XL, Nintendo 3DS, Nintendo 3DS XL, the Nintendo 2DS, <laughs> the new Nintendo 3DS, the new Nintendo 3DS XL. And it's finally followed by at the end of the life cycle by the Nintendo 2DS XL. No, the new Nintendo 2DS XL. The new Nintendo 2DS XL. So let's just quickly go through that list one more time for everyone else to get all follow along. It's simple, really. You start with the Nintendo DS, you follow by the Nintendo DS Lite, the Nintendo DSi, the Nintendo DSi XL, the Nintendo 3DS, the Nintendo 3DS XL, the Nintendo 2DS, the new Nintendo 3DS, the new Nintendo 3DS XL, and the new Nintendo 2DS XL. It's like, the fucking... (laughs) What is that? (laughs) Imagine asking for a... uh, What do you want for Christmas? I want a DS. And your parents go... uh, Imagine your mum going to the shop. And she goes, can I get a DS? And imagine the guy behind the counter says that out loud and goes, which one do you want? She's like, I don't know. What? Which... So what's the difference between a Nintendo 2DS, a Nintendo 3DS, a new Nintendo 2DS XL, and a new Nintendo 3DS XL? It's like, well, let me right. pull out the spreadsheet for you. Like, this is why phones use numbers. Yeah. Because no one gets confused between one, two, three, four, five, unless it's figuring out which one's bigger than the other one. Unless you Apparently. do um, an iPhone and skip nine as well, and just go straight because to they w- And we are again, we all know the reason they did that is because Samsung was getting close. Because Samsung had get- the, the Galaxy 9, or the S9, uh, whatever so, you want to call it. So they wanted to have the iPhone 10 because they wanted to use the X suffix first. Yeah. Right. Oh. It's insufferable, Carl. 
it's annoying, but I love it. Yeah, like this is the kind it. of insufferable we could just have a laugh over because you know what? It's just bullshit. Like, it's just it's just silly little bullshit. But oh my god, I want to know though. Like the guy who was naming these things had the easiest job for like twenty years. Like, did he just take a back seat for twenty years? Like, what are we going <laughs> to call the new 3DS XL? Oh, like when they released the Nintendo 3DS, like that's a stroke of marketing genius. Mm. I will say because it's what was the old one called the the DS? Yeah, and the new one's got 3D functionality. What do we call it? And you know, a guy went up to the the drawing board and wrote a three in front of DS. And and everyone was like, arms. Yeah! yeah, like the mark. But then, like a couple of years later, uh, or this one, we're removing the 3D. Well, how do we start? Well, the 2DS. And then he will, he goes and writes a two, and then he stays sat there, and he's like, sit, he's getting fat and lazy on the throne. And they come and go, okay, so we've got a new one coming out. What do we call it? And he goes and writes new in front of 3D. It's like, you can't keep doing that, mate. It started. To <laughs> My question is, Carl, where was the new Nintendo 2DS? Because they had an extra large version of the new Nintendo 2DS. Yeah, so they went to the, they skipped straight to the XL. Well, they didn't that. even you know bother. Oh my god! Do you know my favorite thing about the new Nintendo 2DS as well is that it folds in half. So is it even the 2DS anymore? Because the whole thing about the 2DS is that it was like a single gamepad, wasn't it? No, no, no. That was just a cheap design. The point of the 2DS that it didn't have the 3D function anymore. Ah, on the okay. Yeah, and I've just double checked like. There is just a Nintendo 2DS and a new Nintendo 2DS XL. There is no new Nintendo 2DS. Where did it go? It didn't go. It's lost, Luke. Like, surely you can't have an XL version of a product if the product doesn't fucking exist. You can. It's like when you look at, uh, like, cereal and it says new and improved recipe. You go, how can it be new and improved? <laughs> how would you improve on it if it's brand new? Yeah. What's it improving on? Uh, is it improved, or did you make a new recipe? Yeah, I, I'm really scared. Please explain this to me. <laughs> and then you get, and then the cashier just leaves. No, they made a new recipe, didn't release it, but then improved it. So it's new and improved, Carl. I will say, though, like, shout out to the new Nintendo 2DS XL. As a little sense as it makes, its design is very good and very sleek. It's the clamshell design. It, it goes back but, to But um, I think in general, like, the... The actual design looks like a lot sleeker than the 3DS does. It does, but will it ever? Will anything ever top the SP? Ooh, ooh like, I don't true. think and no games console ever will ever top how sleek the um, in, uh, the Game Boy SP was. A Switch is probably competing. A Switch is close, but will it ever be as satisfying to like carry around as when you get the SP and you close it? <laughs> And you get the, and it's like, oh, yeah. and then when you as well, when you put a game into it and it perfectly fits in and it keeps perfectly square. And I love, like, because it had those little softeners on it, you could, like, do that little, like, click shot and it would just be like. Every time. And if you give me like the, one moment, Carl, I might be able you've to got get one. it on mic because I've got one right here. You've got one right. Oh, man, that's great. People are going to hit, this is ASMR now, boys. Like you got you got some ASMR incoming. Like this is Nintendo do uh, Nintendo S Game Boy SP um, uh, soft close ASMR. It's the future. It's the future of um, what this podcast is gonna be. It started as a comedy podcast, and then we got depressed for a bit, and now we're just gonna do ASMR by um, opening and closing games consoles quietly into the microphone. And I guess while Luke's is doing that, I'm gonna do my own ASMR. Well, I'm back, Carl. I'm, 
Oh, okay. Well, I was about to say, because I've got my Switch next to me. So let's get... I was, let's I've got the Switch ready to do the comparison. Because <laughs> I was about to, I've got my Switch in front of me as well, so we can get, like, surround sound. Let's do it. So I've got the... Uh, here's the uh, Switch. But I think it is satisfying, but nowhere near. And this is the, the clickety-clack of putting in the Joy-Cons, which is... And I really like how they've incorporated that into the marketing. Yeah. Of the logo, and you get the nice clickety-clack. But, Lucas... Please just close the SP into the microphone. Oh, let's uh, get it right. Then, like that was it, just there. It's 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 like listening to like your front door opening when you know so like when your your favorite uncle's coming home. <laughs> and he's and you, that favorite that uncle always gives you a tenner. So it's like that you hear you just hear it and go, that's a great noise. That's a noise that signifies that good things are going to happen. I just have both in my hand right now. Let's do like the quick comparison. Here's the switch. And here's the SP. There we go. So like, ladies and gentlemen, you can let us know which you prefer. Yeah, and while you were away, I would say like, this, this, this podcast, is, uh, we, we've gone through a lot of changes. It started as a comedy one. It, then we got depressed for a little bit, and now we're just going to do um, ASMR of us um, <laughs> slowly opening and closing games consoles. Oh, God. So another one I think you could do is like, um, just like something that you can get across purely through noise is like um, when you have a controller, and you can tell a bad controller without even getting your hands on it based on just how clacky the buttons are. Like, you know that a GameCube controller is fucking good based on how good those buttons right. are. You know what? I'm going to leave and I'm going to go get a Guitar Hero controller because there's one of them in the office. Okay, Carl, one second. One sec, yeah, okay. Uh, so I have, like, all my controllers right in this room. Have you got, like, Perfect. a game pad that you can think of to compare to the GameCube pad? Uh, not in the office, no. No, uh, like, that I could go grab. Uh. So I'll probably have it if you can think of it. Like, another game pad that you think isn't as satisfying I'd say the Xbox... Uh, I'd say, like, the Xbox... It's, like, it's a good feeling control, but it doesn't have satisfying button presses. The 360. Yeah, but it doesn't have satisfying button presses. No, I don't think it does. So I'll go grab a 360 controller and compare it to the GameCube pad I've got right here. Okay, well, you know what? We'll put a break here and I'll grab my um, uh, Guitar Hero controller. Let's do it. So I thought people thought we were joking when I said this is now ASMR. I was <laughs> just playing around with games consoles. Fuck it. So... Um, like, I think though, like we should just start with the, the classic, like the Guitar Hero controller, which it, they were cheaply made. But when you just hear the, like you hear that clickety clack, is that the strum bar? Someone, no, that's uh, the buttons. Where oh, you're, like okay. Joe, when you are in the solo and you are like, yeah, and you hear it. But then what you really like to hear though is just the <laughs> when or when you're playing like Dragon Force, <laughs> just. Ah! <laughs> You just scream. Like Carl and then the one that going I... through the fire and the flames. And then the one that I think is like underrated but still super satisfying is when you get the whammy bar and just the... Oh, yeah. Like when you slam the whammy bar down, which is always super satisfying on an actual guitar as well. Mm -hmm. But we're just like, oh, God, that clickety-clack. They must do countless hours of um, testing with that sort of thing mm -hmm. because it's so satisfying. Yeah, like, that's the thing is, um, as much as I prefer both Rock Band as a game and as a controller, like, I do admit the clacks on the Guitar Hero controller are very satisfying. Just hearing that, cl that clickety-clack as you do yeah. it. Yeah. 
oh, it it's very nice feeling and like I just I think like yeah, rock band is nicer, but you you get such a satisfying press out of the guitar buttons. Yeah. But anyway, Carl, I have like the pads in front of me on my hand, mm-hmm. and um, we'll do a little uh, sound test. So, like you got the Xbox Three Sixty controller right here. And okay. This is me just pressing See, like the A button. So you can't hear that. And why I was going to single out the Xbox 360 is because that's very satisfying stick sounds, which you do rarely hear except for when you play Resident Evil 5. And Lucas, do you know exactly what movement I'm talking about? No. In Resident Evil 5, when you get grabbed by a Ganado or a Magini... Oh, and you are, and I'm, you have to I'm, grab your controller. Don't worry, Carl. And you I'll have do to, it like, now for you. Give me the prompt. And you, and you have to like wave the sticks. Oh, Lucas, you got to escape quick. <laughs> it's like that noise, like the, and it's like it, it sounds so good. Yeah. And because you're like, oh, and it's the same with like the PlayStation controller. Mm-hmm. Like the, I don't think the PlayStation controller got away with it as much because you just can't get your hands right on it. No, you can't. And just like. And it doesn't make the satisfying clack as you can just smash it from side to side. And I just want to throw in another one on the 360. Just before we move over to the GameCube pad for comparison. The triggers. The triggers. The triggers are very satisfying. The, the, I would argue they're not as satisfying, anywhere near as satisfying as a GameCube one. And I will do a little comparison. No. But this is the 360 one. I'm like, it's, it's very mushy. Like it's, yeah. It's got a bit of like a, a resistance to it, but it's very mushy, it doesn't make a click. But then you go, I'm putting down that pad now, and you go to the GameCube, and it's... And it's, oh, it's that click. That click. And, like, let's uh, just go around the GameCube pad for a sec. So we'll do the stick as well. See what the wag- waggling the stick does. Oh. Yeah, it, yeah, but it's just not as satisfying as it's like the Xbox one. It just sounds so fucking meaty. It does. Uh, but just that, do, 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 then we'll like, once again, just like get it back up to the mic. Press the A button on the 360 pad, you get this. And then yeah. do it on the GameCube pad. Sounds like, it, sounds like you're dialing a phone. Yeah, you get, on the GameCube pad, it's just... Yeah, that's jumping. But Lucas, you're not pressing it, press, press it like real hard. Like press it like you're in a game of Smash. Like hold the controller and pretend that you're wave dashing. Oh God. Like, oh, it's just, yeah. it's, it's such a weird, the clickety-clack. And man. it's like, you can tell, like, the clickety-clack of a GameCube pad, and, like, it, it's one of those little things that, yeah, we've spent a long time talking about it, and it seems like such a minute thing, but clearly, when you, you're playing these things for hours and for years on end, like, they get so ingrained into your brain that just having a good feel of an analogue, like, trigger on the GameCube, it's like, I have that as part of like a memory of me now. Yeah, well, that, that sound of trying to get out of something's grasp in Resident Evil and the resulting just... Yeah. It's like, why, like, I'll have that in my mind forever because I play so much of that game and part of my nostalgia for that game includes the sound the controller made when I would waggle the sticks. And the only time that any kind of like controller feel has really gone against you know the, the, the players at large um, you've never played the original Mario Party, have you, Carl? No, but I've heard... Is that the one where they had to send out gloves? Yeah, uh, they lost a lawsuit and had to send out gloves. <laughs> there was only... a lawsuit? Yeah, they lost a lawsuit. It's like a class action Yeah, a class action lawsuit that they lost, and they um, 
Holy had shit, I didn't to know that. Send out gloves to anybody that complained about the problem or requested oh, the gloves God. or whatever. Um, what, so what it, it ended up being one of those things where it could have cost them like millions upon millions upon millions of dollars, but most people didn't know you could request the gloves, so it didn't really affect them. But mm. the N64 plastic stick, like the analog stick, had such like hard, ridge plastic edges on it that it was so shit when you tried to rotate the stick, like most people did on the um, palm of your hand, palm of your hand, it literally like blistered and burned holes through the palm of your hand. And this is Mario Party, so obviously it's the most serious shit in the world. So you have to like rotate it as fast as possible. And it's also for kids. So yeah, it's not only the most fucking important right, look, thing in the world. To, it's also for kids. You have to make sure you, you have to make sure you beat those children. <laughs> you do. But when they challenge you at Mario Party, you make sure you fucking go. Well, for I it. was also a child at the time, but like me and my sisters playing Mario Party, like we had to beat each other to the point where we would get like burnt holes in our palms that left scars for like months just to beat each other at fucking Mario Party. Just to just from rotating those sticks. Rotating them, man. And the, the worst part was there was a repeatable minigame where you could compete for a high score and the way that you did that minigame was like, like rotating rotate. the stick. It's like, oh, God. Oh, man. The shy guy. That is I had a similar um, experience with this a couple of days ago. I went around to my house, some social distancing drinks, mm-hmm. and he's got a Raspberry Pi set up. Oh, okay. And he has like a bunch of emulated games on there from like old arcade machines, including Track and Field. Ah. And Track and Field is the one where you have to like mash um, like one button and then the other interchangeably. Yeah. And like my two mates, like, oh, I'm really good at this game. They're like the so I've got my keyboard in front of me, so I guess I can just like you no know, do their like thing of like the. Either way, I'm sorry I'm sending you a chat. Well, that's the stupid way of doing it. It was just like interchangeably mashing while holding control in your hands. Like, I got my, I put the controller on a table, put my hand on it to hold it in place, mm. pulled out a pen, and then rapidly shift the pen between each buttons. Oh, see, I didn't do that. When I learned oh, the pen tech, I stuck the controller between my legs gripped it with my legs and had two pencils out there. Oh, okay. I was like, There's a couple of ways you could do like, it. One pencil it, in each hand and just went ham on each button. And the other way you could do it is you could do it with a penny or um, a ping pong ball. Uh, anything oh, like roll it side to side. Yeah, roll the ping pong ball from side to side. Oh, yeah, I've not heard of that one. And app- apparently, because I was like, I'm curious, like, what is the thing behind this game? And I looked it up and it's like, this was a machine. It was very popular in arcades, but arcade owners um, quickly started returning machines because they were f- one of the most frequently damaged. Yeah, I can imagine. Because people would cheat. Or not cheat, but they would use outside methods such as that, like uh, grabbing pull cues and things like that and rolling <laughs> across the buttons. And the other one is uh, the original Street Fighter machine where uh, it was a one-button fighting game and the strength of your... Oh, like You had two buttons and it was punch and kick. And the power of your punches and kicks was based on how hard you pressed the oh, buttons. No. So what do you think people did? Like, they fucking punched those buttons. Yeah, they were hammering them constantly to try and get the hardest, most powerful move yeah. out con- like, um, over and over again. And those machines just broke <laughs> in droves. Because why would they not? If you like, The whole thing is people just like endlessly hammering them with their fists. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Which I thought was a good one. But the fucking track and field, man, the fucking mash tech. Oh man, like, that you was a good seen, like, one. The look up, 
the look on their face when I just like put the controller down and just pulled out the pencil or like the pen from the like, <laughs> and like my guy just running like the eight uh, the eight second mile like fucking too right. How do you defeat him? Oh god, you don't. Like breaking world records, like just throwing the the javelin like hundred and eighty five meters. It's the best thing about that game is it goes so slow. Like you have like the long jump. Oh and yeah. Fu- and we kept fucking up the long jump because we kept running. We were running too fast because we were, by the end of it we were all doing that tech. Yeah, yeah. We are all doing the mash the buttons as hard as you can tech. And uh, so we're running so fast that we didn't have time to press the button. So we had to have like two people playing. So one person's like mashing the sprint, and then one person's got to press the jump button at the exact right time. Oh god! And we're clearing like nine meters at the end of it. It's like fucking two right. Oh my god! Not stopping this man. Like I love shit like that. Oh. It's great. I think we can we can bring it to a close there. It's like the, the end on the ASMR. We've got it. Because I think I think it's going to be like the satisfaction of just like the click. I click it. Oh I love it. And let's just end, Carl. Like before we go, I'll just close this SP one more time for you. It's just so satisfying. Because <laughs> I'm guessing we probably have like a similar things that way. I'm often, like, I'll often type midway through the podcast because like, we, we look for like new stories and we like clarify and fact-check we do, and stuff. Yeah. And I have a very cheap um, uh, Logitech keyboard because it's just what came from the computer and I don't really care that much. I don't, I'm not in the office enough to need like a mechanical keyboard. Yeah. But like, if, if people can hear me typing, mm-hmm. I'm guessing. So if I just like type, like, you know, the, cl- the classic, the quick brown fox jumped over the lazy dog. Okay, yeah. Like, that doesn't sound satisfying at all. No. And I don't really notice it. I don't really give a shit. But like, I've heard when people type on like one of those mechanical keyboards, it's like... Mm-hmm. And it sounds like you type on one of those old-timey typewriters. <laughs> yeah. And I reckon I, I will never experience the satisfaction of like Joe dragging it across after every line. Oh, yeah. I bet that was so fucking satisfying. Like, dun, 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 ting, dun, dun, ting. It sounds so fucking like satisfying. And why have they not brought that out? Like, why is there not like a mechanical keyboard that replicates that feeling? I guess convenience. Maybe, but like, yeah, those keyboards, I've always been tempted to get one because they're really expensive, but I write on my laptop. And one of the annoying things for me is, like, um, because I've got like quite large hands, and I touch type, and I one of the reasons I rarely change my laptop. I have to wait a couple of years before I even think about getting a new laptop. I will run it into the ground because I only need it for Word documents mm. and stuff like that. Is because then I have to relearn the keyboard. Oh, okay. you have no idea how annoying it is to go from a key- one keyboard to the next, and they like move the shift key because like oh this keyboard's slightly smaller, so they have to like uh, finagle the keyboard, and the shift key's over here now. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, because like my passwords um, for a lot of websites, I just like use the shift key and then use a specific number combination on the top keyboard. Mm. So like one, two, three, four, five, six. It's not that passable. You think one, two, three, four, five, six on this keyboard that I have now is um, exclamation point, comma, pound sign, dollar sign, and um, percentage sign. Yeah, the standard, yeah. Yeah, so for example, I don't know. Or the UK um, standard at least. Um, Apple one two three, mm-hmm. I guess, would be like you know a, a basic password using that password. In that would be like Apple, and then it'd be exclamation point, comma, pound sign. Right, yeah. Which looks difficult to a thing, but is it really easy for me? Remember, because I can just go da 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 da. 
But when they shift up where the fucking pound sign is, and I can no longer enter my password, I'm like, wait a minute, what is my password again? I just know that it's a specific combination of numbers. Ah, uh, yeah. After, course, yeah. Because, you're not, because you're not allowed to use sequential numbers, are you? Uh, I don't know. No, you can't use sequential numbers in passwords, even if you're using the shifted version to use the... Um, Oh, um, right, okay. Those. So what I do is I have a specific combination of numbers um, based on my old phone number. Because right. you're never going to forget your, fir- your first phone, are you? Your first phone number you're going to remember forever. I mean, I forget my current phone number, but yeah, sure. I mean, my old house <laughs> number. Oh, okay, yeah, so yeah. My, so my old house number, that basically I had to call all the time. Uh, but actually, I've, I'm never going to forget. I use that as like at the end of a just a random word mm-hmm. uh, related to whatever website I happen to be using because I know for a fact no fucker's going to be able to guess my old phone number and they're definitely not going to guess that I'm using um, a specific combination of those numbers and the um, accompanying symbols that go with them but when some keyboards change where that symbol is like some I said like number one is the exclamation of point course, yeah, yeah. Some, key- some keyboards have the exclamation point at a different point on the keyboard and it's like, oh no, I don't remember what any of my passwords are anymore. I just know it's this number, but I, and then I have to dig out an old version of my keyboard to look what corresponds with what. And that's why it gets really scared like, when I've got a login on my phone. Mm. And it's like, oh, because you only have your phone keyboard. It's like, oh, what symbol is it? And I don't remember what the symbols are. Yeah, because the symbols aren't lined up with any numbers. No, it's just, oh, here's just like a keyboard full of symbols. I don't know what any of these are. I don't know what a password is. So I'm like, I have to log in. Um, like to everything that's oh god it's a nightmare for me but it's a weird thing and it works for mm. me oh god yeah like mm, I, I, I don't know like it's a weird thing of, I love um, kind of I, I guess the ASMR of certain things like yeah the switch the Joy-Cons feel really satisfying to clack on but mm-hmm. it does get to that point of yeah like how much is that worth uh, it's not worth like 300 No, exactly. That. Is it worth buying like a new keyboard, for example, as you said, when this one works perfectly fine? I would, though, be really, really tempted to buy one of those glowing keyboards that you can customise, if only so I could get the letters um, that are on it to spell out Big Wang. <laughs> uh, Do you know you've seen them, aren't you? Like the customised one they have, like, is it Wazda? Yeah, little. It's that glowing... So you always have um, it. I'm pretty sure those keyboards, some of them are programmable, so you could do it. That's why I'm tempted. Well, they cost like three, four hundred quid. Some of them do, yeah. Uh, the programmable ones and stuff. And it's like, yeah, I, I think I'm more tempted by that where they are mechanical keyboards, but they also like have a visual element so I could customise the glow or whatever. And like, yeah, I get tempted by the idea that of like, ooh, it is like visual and audio, like just... A, a bit of satisfaction in my life, in my office. Mm-hmm. That's good. I'm tempted to do it. And uh, just before we go, Lucas, um, I was just scrolling through Twitter haphazardly, as I, as I often do when we come to the close of these things. Course, I double check. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like, I've got to head home soon. So I see if there's anything I need to keep in mind before I leave the office. Yeah. And there's just a headline from the BBC of um, it's a, a pun because it's a headline in a British paper or like, you know, a British website. Yeah. Window pane, isolating university students send a message. And it's just a collection of screenshots or a collection of images of... Because what students across the UK are doing right now is they're all stuck in fucking isolation. Mm-hmm. They've paid like nine and a half grand to go to university and go to halls that they're now not allowed out of to do online courses. And they're not being, and they've been told they can't go home for Christmas. Yep. 
And it's just like a, a series of images of just like, um, most of them are like letters out or like the, the one that's got a lot of traction is I paid £10,000 to stay in my room for six months and study online. Mm-hmm. But one of them is just a guy putting his window, send nudes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, and it's specifically, specifically propped up against four bottles of Frosty Jack. <laughs> And there's the little caption below it is, um, uh, Letters Out reads one sign at MMU's Burley Campus. The BBC could not possibly comment on the other sign. <laughs> because it just says fucking send nudes. It's like, oh God, like it's nice to see people have a sense of humour when it comes to something like this, but I fucking feel for a man. Yeah, that's a rough time, man. Tra- like the way you summed it up of, um, oh, you're allowed to go home for Christmas if you're good. It's like they're basically being held hostage. Yeah, they're basically taking... Like students hostage and go, you can have your kids back if you follow the rules. You can follow those. Also, give us nine grand. Yeah. Fucking hell. Anyway, uh, Lucas, before we close out, anything you'd like to plug for people? Uh, yeah, as usual. Um, it's always weird with the ending note and then following into a plug for me. But uh, mm. yeah, please, uh, you know, go check us out on like YouTube and Twitch, or as we've mentioned. Um, I am... Definitely follow us on Twitch. No one does that. Yeah, yeah no, no one goes to, to my, my Twitch page, really. But, like, I don't know what the follow-through is for these plugs. But I guess, as we mentioned, very little. But, yeah, um, I am on Twitch and on YouTube doing gaming things at Legend of Kanto. And, uh, yeah, I'm also on Carl Smallwood's gaming channel, uh, which is just Carl Smallwood I... on YouTube and Carl Wood on Twitch. All right, cool. It's... Yeah, yeah Carl, you're not making money off these podcasts, so I've got to plug you. <laughs> That's fair <laughs> enough. I appreciate it. But thank you for listening, everybody, and I'll catch you all next time. <laughs>